Hi, I'm Andrew, and this is Keen on Democracy. A chill is enveloping the world. Everywhere I go these days, the conversation is the same. Everyone is fearful about the fate of democracy in our digital age. The same worried question is on all of our lips. What or who is killing democracy? Everybody wants to know. There's certainly no lack of suspects. Trump, Putin's trolls, Mark Zuckerberg, authoritarian populism, the wall, Victor Urban, fake news, Brexit, Bolsonaro, surveillance capitalism, Erdogan, Twitter, or last but certainly not least, the president of the People's Republic of China, Xi Jinping. So what's up with democracy these days? Is it really dying? Or is it simply shedding its industrial analog skin and updating itself for our networked digital age? That's the subject of this podcast series. This is a show featuring conversations about the most important issue of our age with some of the world's most incisive thinkers. I hope it both provokes and enlightens. Uh, Tiffany Schlein, uh, the author of the new book, 24-6, The Power of Unplugging, One Day a Week. Tiffany, what is that power of unplugging and what exactly is unplugging? Are we supposed to trash our smartphones? No, no, no. I love technology, but just not 24-7. So for the last 10 years, my family and I turn off all screens uh, from Friday night to Saturday night for what we call our technology Shabbats. I should say I'm Jewish, but I'm not religious. I do it really as a practice with my family, and it's literally the best thing I've ever done in my life. And I think the power part is we're losing perspective. We're so plugged in and on the network 24-7 that to have a day away, you get perspective, you get reflection, you have some insight on your own thoughts instead of being influenced by every thought of anyone coming at you all the time. And I think we're losing that sense of just being okay to be with ourselves and the people right in front of us. And I think our humanity is always important. And also, you don't get to see the bigger picture when you're just so in it and you're you know, sucked into this addiction impulse network every second. So I think these are issues with our democracy. There are issues about your life. There's issues about how do you want to be in the world? So what do you do on this one day a week that you unplug? Why is that day different from the other days in the week? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a over 3,000-year-old concept, the Sabbath or Shabbat, which is a day different from all other days, and it's a true day of rest. So I think in the 21st century, that means being off the screens because the screen is such a, a combination of so many things coming at you. So Friday night, we, we have people over for dinner. I have to get you over for my Shabbat table. We have, you know, we have friends, family, neighbors, and we make a big meal. There's no phones in sight because people know we don't have them on Friday night. And then the conversations flow in such a different way without phones. We laugh more. We're more present. You know, we're just having a great meal. Do you think people listen better oh, yeah. when they... When they put their phones Absolutely, away. Absolutely, because there's no chance, you know, when you got that thing buzzing, even if it's on silent, you're just, you're constantly on alert for something else to take you out of where you are. So the dinner is very, very fun and very social. And, um, but we ask big questions around the table. It's one conversation. We don't have a kid's table and adult's table. We have one conversation that lasts for several hours and it's very fun. And then the next day is very, uh, I would say it's much more quiet. Um, we hang out, we 
we read, we journal, we nap, we go bike riding. Um, sometimes we do nothing. Sometimes I do art, you know, it's just, it's all the things we don't do anymore. And there's lots of things that I put aside to read on Saturday. Cause I know I'll read in an, a more focused way. I think we're reading more than ever, but we're skim reading. I don't think we're really reading deeply. So it's a day of not being, you know, something being taken away, but really all that you get back that you forgot that you don't do anymore because every second you're being pulled to the phone and you're being pulled out of what you're doing. So, you know, it's a day to just be and not work and not be productive and just be present and be with the people right in front of you or yourself. We don't make a lot of plans on Saturday. It's much more hanging out and spontaneous. And it's literally our favorite day of the week. We have a 16 year old and a 10 year old. And the thing I would usually say, if people are interested in trying this is what do you wish you had more time to do and just fill the day with that. So it's a kind of analog. It's a kind of an analog. Oh, absolutely, day. yeah. We have a vinyl record player. It's an analog day with board games. Yeah, it's analog day. Thank you. That's a great way to put it. And then Friday, a Saturday night. You know, the dual effect it has is that everyone kind of reappreciates re going back on technology because you're like, wow, I can look anything up. I can connect with anyone. I can find out anything going on anywhere. And so it has this dual effect each week where I kind of rush to turn off the screens and then I look forward to coming back online. So, you know, in the book, I, the book is both kind of big picture thoughts about technology, time, rest, and our 24 seven world and what we need to bring back into it. And then it's also, you know, 10 years of doing this, a very practical advice on how to integrate this and things I've learned for the other six days. And then lastly, I have a lot of ideas for the tech industry and for um, our democracy around the tech use that I feel like this world that we have created is um, affecting. And I feel like, you know, I'm a, a woman from the tech industry, which is it's not a, there's not a lot of that perspective out there. Well, before we get on to democracy and reforming Silicon Valley, what impact does this have on, on your body? What is the, the, the physical impact of unplugging? Yeah, the physical impact is that I, I have problems sleeping. It just in the last like however many years, I don't sleep very well except for Friday night. I mean, that phone is not near my bedroom on Friday night. It's downstairs and I sleep so deeply. I have the most incredible sleep. The other thing I would say is I feel very creative after my day of unplugging and I feel very productive. Um, I laugh a lot more. I just feel more connected to my body because we're so often just neck slouched towards the screen and disconnected from it. So, and in the book, I, I go through all the, um, you know, the parasympathetic nervous system is what calms you down. And right now we're being driven by our amygdala and cortisol because so much on our phone is stressing us out. And a lot of things that happen on our tech Shabbats are really kind of soothing and connecting and empathy and grounding and, and rejuvenating and not in a, you know, I mean, I love, I love what I do. I love to work. I love to be on, I love to be in the network, but I know that I love to be off of it. And it, it gives me that space to, you know, kind of reset in a way that I, you know, for, we're doing it for 10 years every week. It's just like, I, I can't live without it now. So I wouldn't ask all authors this, Tiffany, but I know you well enough that you won't take this in the wrong way. Does it improve your sex life, giving up <laughs> unplugging? Let me tell you, uh, you know, I don't... Not that I'm prying, I'm course. not a religious Jew, but it's a mitzvah, which means that's a good thing to do is to have sex on Shabbat. 
it's like one of the best things you can do. So, uh, yeah, I would say you gotta, you gotta create space for the things you love to do. (laughs) So, you know, there's so many benefits to just creating space where you're not going to be available to everything and everyone. I mean, I have all notifications off on my phone too, because I, all the time, because I didn't like the way I was living where I was just responding. I wasn't setting the tone for my day. I wasn't able to finish my agenda for the day. I was just in constant response mode. What, what about your kids? I know you've got a couple of teenage girls. A couple of questions on that. Firstly, I assume in the beginning they were very resistant. And secondly, how is it affecting them? Um, it wasn't because I guess, you know, the big thing is, is that it's all in, like we're all doing it. So it's not, you know, I think a lot of parents say I have such a hard time getting my kids off the screens, but a lot of kids will say that about their parents. And because we're doing it all together, it's, uh, we're all in, everyone's holding each other accountable. And my teenage daughter, Odessa, who's a junior in high school, has so much homework right now. And literally almost every tech Shabbat, every weekend since the school year started, she said, I'm just so glad I don't have to do homework today. At the school, at the school did you tell the school? Are they okay with it? Uh, we haven't really told it, but I mean, Ken and I are firm believers you're so much more productive after. You know, if you just take one complete day off on the weekend, you could work on Sunday and be that much more productive. So, um, but she also enjoys not being just available on all the, you know, she's like any teen. She's on Instagram and Snapchat and everything, but she enjoys also being off of it for a day because it, you know, it's not good for any of us to be this on all the time. I think people think that people wouldn't like it, but once you do it, it feels really liberating. No, I know personally if, if I'm in a foreign city and I go out without my phone and walk around for three or four hours, I have much more of a fun time than when I'm carrying my phone around with me. Yeah, there's something just like liberating. That's the word I keep coming to, to just yeah, walk around. Phone. You just feel like no one's going to find you. You're not being tracked. You might get lost, which is kind of delightful these days because you might have to ask someone directions, which is actually good because we're, we're all staring at our phones and kind of bumping into each other currently. So I think the fabric of our society, there's so many moments, these little moments that used to happen when you were at the library or at a coffee stand or talking to a cab driver. And now we're just, we're grunting our way through mumbling as we're staring at our phones to deal with the transaction. And I think our country right now is, you know, part of the result of that. And in addition to the president we have, who's like the embodiment of a distracted society and he's good at keeping people distracted and he is distracted himself. And, but yeah, he, he, he's the worst of all of that. So if, if, if all of America unplugged for a day a week, do you think that would strengthen our democracy? I do. I do. And again, not from a religious place. I, first of all, every culture and religion has some version of this, but unless you're really observant as a Christian, Muslim, Jewish, you, you probably don't do it anymore. But I think there was, there's great wisdom and value on, first of all, it's a day to be with family and friends. It's a day to think deeply. It's a day to be quiet, to have some quiet and reflection. And every wisdom practice from every culture talks about that. You have to create space for that. So just imagine if we had a whole country that took a day to do those things. And um, right now we're just all 24-7 distracted, burnt out, stressed out. And um, yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think it's really, do we want this? Like if we keep going in this direction, what's our world going to look like? And and we only have half the planet connected right now. And before the other half gets on, how do we 
put some practices into place that create some boundaries and some sanity into the situation. I mean, not even to mention that most citizens of America have no idea how much their data is being manipulated because there's thousands of engineers and behavioral scientists that are keeping you glued to that screen. And then of course, because we gave away all our data for free to get these free tools, now other countries and are manipulating and, um, what we see online, making us click on things. I mean, there's a lot going on that there needs to be way more awareness. And how are we going to have that awareness unless we detach from it and kind of are able to think about it? Uh, you live in Marin County, which uh, probably has about three Trump supporters. Uh, <laughs> I hope you invite some Trump people over to your tech Shabbat so that uh, democracy can be tested better people with different views being able to talk to one another. Mm. Yeah, I wish there was more of them in Marin, but uh, we don't, that would be, <laughs> do you ever watch um, Queer Eye? Like it's the, it's the new show. It's, um, it's fantastic. They go into Trump country and they kind of go into a person's life. And I'm sure many are Trump supporters and they, a lot of empathy happens, but yeah, that would be, that would be a really interesting way to expand this is to really bring people with opposing or different perspectives or points of view and invite them over for a Shabbat dinner and try to get to something, um, some more connectedness. I think there may be some people listening to this who will say, well, this is a kind of wealthy liberal conceit that these people can afford to be off a day a week. Your husband teaches at university of California at Berkeley. You're a well-known tech, you're a celebrity in your own right. You guys can afford to be off a day a week. A lot of people can't. How would you respond to that? Yeah, I think the digital divide issue is real. It, when I started the Webby Awards, it was the big concern of the digital divide was that people weren't going to be able to afford smartphones and all the people that were offline. And now it's, it's in this perverted way has flipped exactly. where if you have enough money, you can afford to be offline. Now, I'm not like, if you read about the tech titans, which I'm not, you know, I never, while I've always been in the tech industry, I was never doing it for money or creating the addictive technology or getting rich from it. Um, but now the tech titans, you know, they pay people so their kids aren't on the screens ever. And my recommendation, because the cool thing about Shabbat, even from its early days, is it was a day off for everyone. It was actually the first form of equality um, because it was for everyone in the household. It wasn't just the people that ran the household back thousands of years ago. So what I propose in the book is, let's say you have two jobs and you really are not going to get that full day off each week, but let's say it's one day off every two weeks. With the time that you have off, truly try to be off and try to turn off the screen to see how rejuvenating that feels, that um, to just take time away from being on this network which is a lot of, you know, a lot of times can be great with your friends and family, but a lot of times can be just stressful things, stressing you out, FOMO, being pinged and dinged, you know, at, I don't want to say to death, but um, so I, my recommendation would be that this is for everyone. It's a free concept. It's thousands of years old and anyone can try it, which is, and they can do it any day of the week. Maybe you don't have the weekends off, but you get Wednesdays for like four hours off and to try to truly unplug. And I really go, I go into all of this in the book. It's about creating a boundary um, around your time, really, to create some space where you're not on and you're not working 
and you're turning off the screen. Tiffany, you're a tech insider. As you said, you founded the Webby Awards and um, you're very well connected in, in tech circles. What's been the response of your Silicon Valley friends to this book? Well, I, it's almost like, first of all, people can't really believe that we've done it so long and that we love it. And then they, I mean, everyone feels addicted right now. I mean, I've been on book tour for three weeks and I have not been to any event where everyone's not nodding their heads. They're on screens too much. They know they need to do something about it. So I feel like we're at a moment right now where there was a long time, you know, the smartphone only came out in 2007, then everyone got addicted. Then people were like, I th- I, I'm on it too much. Now they're like, I'm addicted or my kids are addicted. There's a real pendulum, I feel like, swinging back. I mean, where my younger daughter, everyone was getting their kids smartphones in fifth grade graduation, but we didn't. We got our, our daughter a flip phone. And then six years later, now there's this organization called Wait Till Eighth, and that stands for Wait Until Eighth Grade to Get Your Child a Smartphone. And thousands of parents all over the country are signing because we, we've all seen what it does. It's like the kids can't even put it away. So the entire country of France has banned smartphones from schools up until the age of 15, and a bill was just introduced in California. So I feel like people are finally realizing everything it's doing, and they're looking for something. So I have received a really responsiveness to the, you know, the book's called 24-6, The Power of Unplugging One Day a Week. And I think it's just, it's a very simple concept that anyone can bring into their life, and it can make their life better. Uh, in the book, you do make a very good argument for it. But um, finally, if there's one thing that the titans of Silicon Valley can learn from this book, the Apples and the Googles and the Facebooks, the people who own either the hardware or the software that's driving um, our plugged-in culture. What is it? What kind of reform would you like to see from within Silicon Valley, apart from perhaps supporting your unplugging initiative? Uh, Do they need to change their software? Should they be the ones stepping back from this stuff? I mean, the business model is just, it's very nature is that we need to stay on that screen as long as possible. And that business model is not a good model. I think what was exciting about the web in the early days was it was decentralized. And now it's like, everyone's trying to glue your eyeballs to the screen. I think a very small group of people are creating the communication tools we're all using. I think we need more women. We need more diversity. We need more uh, checks and balances for when people are using this technology and how it's affecting people. If you look at these legislation, um, you know, if ever you see Zuckerberg go up, like no one understands what he's, (laughs) they don't understand it enough to even understand what to do about it. So we need better systems of checks and balances. And um, we need literally at every point of development to be checking in on the cause and effect and the long-term ramifications of it. And they're all, you know, they have kids. Are they using it? Are they allowing their kids to be unglued on all the time? No, they're not. So what does that tell us? So I think there needs to be a much bigger dialogue happening and I'm happy to have it with this book and at all my book events and the people that are reading it. And I have a lot of proposals in the book for what we need to do. We're making these short films that go with the book. One's called Dear Parent. They're all two minutes long. One's called Dear Student. One's called Dear CEO, one's called Dear Legislature, and the other one's called Dear Fellow Human. And they're approaching this issue from all the different perspectives. Because, you know, bosses at any company, not just a tech company, you know, 63% of most people feel like they need to respond to their boss on the weekend. And, you know, we fought bloody battles in the streets of Chicago for a weekend. And why are we 
this is both from the CEOs and from the employees. Like we need to say, actually, I need some boundaries to not be working or not be available to you. So when am I going to get that invitation for your texture burn? I think I'm going to, once we hang up, I'm going to send you some dates right now. (laughs) 